Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. This is episode 122. Today's topic is all about stretching. When is the best time to do stretching? Before a workout, after a workout, during, or even before and after? So this is a question that I got uh, quite a while ago, and whenever I get a, a question or a topic or you know something that I'd like to expand upon, I put it in my notes on my phone or into my show notes on my computer um, as a future episode so I can kind of dive into it and uh, unpack it. So, stretching. Uh, when should you do it? Before, during, after? You know, you sprinkle it throughout the day. What's what's the best way to, to go about it? And this is a really interesting question. And the, the, the reason I wanted to tackle this is because most people, when they think about, you know, stretching, my general assumption is that you want to stretch for a specific reason. You don't want to just do the stretching itself. Like you, you couldn't give a shit really about, you know, sitting on the ground, putting one leg out and reaching towards your toes to, you know, stretch your hamstrings. Uh, what you're really chasing is the end goal or the outcome that you perceive stretching will have. And that's basically um, to help you move better and feel better. Okay. So that's generally what I've come to understand why people like to do stretching or believe that they should do stretching is because, you know, you're feeling stiff, you're feeling sore, maybe you're getting on a little bit and you're feeling a bit tight through the body. It's not moving as well as perhaps it used to, you know, in your late teens, early 20s. And you feel like maybe your body's just started to seize up on you um, and it doesn't move like it used to, okay? So... The chances are, if, if that's you, if you're in that camp and you feel like, all right, my body's not doing, you know, kind of what it used to, it feels like it's getting a bit rusty, a bit, you know, creaky, a bit, you know, getting these aches and these creaks and these clacks, and you, your body's just not moving as free as it used to, right? Your your assumption might be, okay, I've got to start doing some stretching, all right? And I'm here to tell you that stretching maybe isn't the solution for you. It could be, but I want to kind of uh, dissect this uh, at a deeper level than just saying, hey, you should stretch before or you should stretch after you work out because there's more to it than that. Now, if you think you need to do a lot of stretching, hear me out on this. Think about this as a concept, all right? If you feel like you're stiff and perhaps like your muscles have shrunk, okay, or shortened, you probably think the solution is, all right, they have to get longer, all right? And you think, okay, I've got to stretch those muscles out. If, you know, I'm getting shorter and stiffer and tighter, I need to do the opposite. I need to lengthen and stretch these, these tissues out, right? So you think that this little bit of pulling or grabbing or elongating a muscle is going to fix the problem, all right? So the assumption is, all right, if I'm tight, I'm stiff, I'm sore, everything's compact, I need to lengthen it and expand it, right? So you think, all right, I'm going to start a stretching regime or regimen, right? So the next logical question from your point of view is, when is the best time to do it so that you get the most out of it? And it's a fair question, you know. If, as humans, we want to do things to extract the most amount of value or the most amount of results out of them. It's just human nature. We want the biggest bang for our buck, 
All right, so you wanna know when should you stretch, okay? This is where it can become a little bit confusing and you read conflicting information, okay? And I, I, I try to, the reason I'm doing this long form podcast is because it allows you to, to see this in full context, all right? Because you might read one article that takes, you know, one minute or two minutes to skim read, all right? And this article says, pre-workout is the best. So before you go and work out, you need to go and stretch your muscles. So you read that, you take it as gospel, and you think, right, this article, this information, this trainer says pre-workout stretching is the most beneficial. So you start to do that. But then you read another article or another blog, and you get some information from somebody else, and they say the complete fucking opposite. And they said, nope, don't do it beforehand. It decreases your power output. and you know, at the end of a workout is better to stretch because you know, you're know you warm and the muscles are more elastic, right? So one says before training, so you can move freer and move and get things more pliable. And the other one says for that specific reason, you're already warm, you've already got blood pumping through your body, that at the end of the workout is the best time to stretch. So which one is it? What's a man to do? Article A says before, Article B says after. Like, what do you do? They're literally conflicting pieces of information, all right? So, when it comes to stretching, do you stretch before or do you stretch after training? Here's the verdict. Here's the way I like to think about it, all right? And here's what you may not have considered as well. Uh, It's called the 24-hour period, okay? If you work behind a desk, if you're sitting down all day long for an eight hour workday, tapping away, typing on your computer or picking up the phone. Um, you know, Think about what's actually happening to your body from a global uh, standpoint, right? Nine o'clock rolls around, you park yourself on your, uh, on your seat. Yep, ah, nice solid posture. Okay, you start out with the best intentions. You sit up tall, head proud, big chest, nice and tall. Your head is upright. You know, you've got that, uh, what is the uh, ergonomical, uh, keyboard station and your shoulders are back. But after a few minutes, your posture starts to wane. It starts to change, all right? Your head drops, your back starts curving, your shoulders round, your arms internally rotate, your chin pokes forward, and you sit a little further forward on the chair, which ends up tilting your pelvis and creating an even more pronounced uh, flexed spine, so basically more of a a C shape through your spine, okay? And it's not by design, it's not something that you've consciously thought about doing. You mean, you started the day with, you know, with such great form, head tall, shoulders back, yep, ergonomic position, great. And then your brain just started wandering. You started thinking about different things. You were doing your tasks and your priority list and your to-do list and all of this stuff. And then we have this little thing called fatigue. Your body does not want to expend any unnecessary energy, all right? Eight hours is a fucking long time to hold a specific posture. I don't care what posture it is, all right? Your body will get tired and your body will try and find a shortcut. It will try to basically find ways to cut costs, cut energy costs, right? So that's where the neck starts to droop forward, the shoulders start rounding, your arms internally rotate, your back starts flexing, and all of those negative things that I just mentioned, right? 
And here's another thing that starts happening. When you're sitting down on your ass, your glutes, your butt muscles, they are doing zero. They are doing nothing, all right? As I mentioned before, your lumbar spine starts to flex. So depending on your workstation and the, the type of chair or seat that you have, uh, you will have a backrest, possibly. I have a stool, uh, so it actually has no backrest. So it, it forces me to, to sit in a, certain, in a certain way. But if you have a backrest, what happens is you start leaning into it more and more, which means you are no longer using your muscles to actually support your load, okay? You start leaning and uh, resorting to hanging off your joints, okay? So your glutes are switched off, your back starts rounding, and because your knees are at about 90 degrees, uh, your hip flexors, the muscles at the front of your hip, um, they get short, and your abs, your abdominal muscles, uh, they are doing sweet fuck all. Okay? This leads to a host of negative postural changes that I just mentioned, from, from, the, from the top of your skull to, to the bottoms of your feet, right? So a few minutes of stretching isn't going to undo the other eight hours of sitting like a sloppy human being. Do you understand what I'm what I'm saying and where I'm coming from here? All right. So th that's why I think personally it's the wrong question to ask. Um, you know, I think it's the wrong question to ask. You know, do I stretch before or after training? I think there's a bigger picture and a, a better, uh, more accurate question that you should be kind of uh, searching for. The question really is, uh, what's the most effective way to stay mobile, to keep all of your joints functioning and moving freely? All right. So my answer to that question is to sprinkle a little bit of movement throughout the day as often as possible. So rather than one small or perhaps a large dose of stretching, you know, before or after your workout, um, here is a novel concept that you may not have heard of before. Move well and move often, okay? A student of mine uh, many years ago, he had this just during one of our training sessions, he said something really profound. And he said, motion is lotion, okay? And it's 100% true. When we have an ailment or an injury, what do we do? We search for a pill or a remedy or a, a balm and we try to rub it on the area and think, all right, that'll help me move a bit better, okay? It'll maybe lubricate the joint or give it a bit of warmth and you think, great, it's gonna do its job. But if you just move your body more often, that is your natural remedy. That is an actual uh, a lotion that you can apply to your body. So remember that, motion is lotion. But here are some things that, you, that have worked well for me, um, and they might work well for you as well. So they may or they may not suit your current situation. So if they are applicable to you and they are things that you can trial, great, use them. Uh, give it a shot and see how they work for you. Uh, if it's not in your wheelhouse or, you know, your boss is too, um, what's the word? Uh, maybe they're not receptive to new ways of doing things and they just think, nope, sit in your cubicle, don't make noise, don't move about, don't cause a fuss. Uh, you know, you may, be, you may be a little bit more restricted with some of the things that I mentioned here. Uh, but these are some of the things that have worked for me and they, they can possibly work for you as well. The first is to look into a stand-up desk. Okay, so right now, as I record this podcast, I am standing and I'm just moving around a little bit uh, behind my workstation, all right? I have a stand-up desk. Uh, it's 
electrical. Uh, it's electric. Yeah, it's electric. So it's uh, mechanical. That's the word I was looking for. So I, it, there are different types. I bought mine from IKEA, and I fucking love it. I use it every single day. Uh, it's got two buttons: an up, down, a but down, up, and a down button. So I can adjust the height, whether I'm standing or whether I'm seated or whether I'm kind of, like I said, I have a stool. So I don't have to have my knees bent to 90 degrees. I can open the hips up a little bit more. All right. Some benefits of the stand-up desk. Uh, it requires more energy. Like I said, rather than plonking yourself down into a, a seat and kind of letting that take all of your load, um, you have to support your own body weight. And as I mentioned, I'm constantly shifting my body weight. I'm moving around. So it's always within you know arm's reach, my, my workstation and my laptop. But I can move myself around as often and as freely as I like. I can stand on one leg. I have, um, you know, you can do some calf raises. You can bend the knees. You can move left to right. But it just keeps you more, more mobile, period, compared to sitting down. All right. Next on the agenda is uh, drink more water. Most people don't drink enough fucking water. And it boggles my mind. I don't understand. This is one of the, the easiest things you can do to improve your health, improve your physique, improve how you feel and just long, you know, your longevity. Uh, you need water to lubricate the joints. Um, you know, your body is about 60% water, you know, give or take. So, you know, if you're a big person, you need more water. And if you're a smaller person, you will need, you know, a little bit less. Um, another, <laughs> I, I laugh because uh, this is quite... Uh, for people who drink a lot of water, you'll understand this next one. Uh, you get more toilet breaks, okay? So it depends on if you have a, a peanut bladder um, or not. But you know, if you're drinking more water, you're gonna have to go to the toilet more frequently to relieve yourself. Um, so it means more steps, and it also means that you're not locking your joints into place for quite as long. So let's say maybe you've been holding on and you've been busting all day, and you're just sitting down typing away because you're fixated on what you're doing. If you're moving around, you can feel those kind of urges and those sensations. It's like, all right, I actually got to go to the dunny. I actually got to go to the to the loo and um, yeah, do the business. So yeah, drink more water. Uh, this next one is a bit of a, a training aid or a postural aid, if you will. Uh, this is the, you may want to write this down as well. Uh, this is the Donnie Thompson bow tie. So this is a compression uh, device that Donnie Thompson, he is an ex super heavyweight powerlifter, created um, basically to help his banged up shoulders. So I think he had a frozen shoulder for a while and he couldn't lift his arm above his head um, and he just bench pressed and lifted massive amounts of weights and he used to play um, NFL. I'm not sure if he actually made it to that level, but he played American football. So he's a big dude. He's put his body through the ringer. He's been absolutely fucking just smashed. His body's been smashed over the years. So anyway, the, the Donnie Thompson bow tie, it's like a figure eight and it's made out of um, fabric and elastic and it's got a it's got a couple straps on it. I'm looking at mine, I'm actually holding mine. I've got a, I've ha I have two. I have a, I have three actually. Uh, they have the, what's called a casual bow tie. So that's more kind of like a work environment. Um, it's not for training. It's just for, you know, around the office or around the home. So I've got that, I'm holding it right now. It's, uh, I wear a large, I used to wear a medium, um, but I'm just getting bigger and bigger, more muscular by the minute. <laughs> but I did start on the medium and actually bigger, my lats have actually grown. So I had to upgrade to the large. And the other one is actually for training purposes and it's called the formal uh, bow tie. If you just want it for around the office, around home, and you're just concerning about, you know, what's something I can do that doesn't, you know, it's pretty cost effective, it's not that expensive. And you just chuck it on and you wear it 
and Donnie says that it puts compression on the glenoids. So that's basically on the uh, on the shoulders there. So it's a figure eight, it goes around your back and around your shoulders, and it, I find I find a really good benefit. I don't wear it for super long periods of time. I'll wear it between, you know, sometimes five minutes, sometimes up to 30 minutes, depending on how I'm feeling and how it's sitting and what I'm doing at the time. But it brings your shoulders back and it gives you feedback of what a neutral shoulder position feels like. So if you're tapping away on your computer, you've got your, you've got your hand on the mouse and you're just pointing and clicking, 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 your shoulders will rotate forwards, okay? So we want to get the joint uh, centrated, and that means in the center of the socket. We don't want the shoulders forward, rounded, and we don't need to squeeze the shoulder blades together and have them excessively pulled back, but we want the middle, that's neutral. And the bow tie is a really good um, way to do that, okay? And like I said, once you put it on, you don't really have to do anything different. You just stand there or sit there with it on, um, and then you take it off and you start moving your shoulders. You're like, whoa, well, that actually feels quite nice. And you, you do get, uh, depending on how tight it is and what size uh, person and what frame you are, I notice a bit of extra vascularity in the forearms and a pump in the arms because it does apply, like I said, compression. So it does reduce a little bit of blood flow down to the lower arm. But once you take it off, feel feel great. So that's something you can look into. The next one um, is so simple, most people just overlook it because they think, oh, it's not gonna make a difference. Just set yourself a timer and go for regular breaks. Just get up and go for a walk, all right? If you're, if you're in a situation where it's you and your work colleagues, there might be eight of them, 10 of them, five of them, two of them, 200 of them. Just get up and go for a walk. Go and do a lap around the office. If you've got stairs, just go down a flight of stairs, go back up and keep going, all right? Just get up and move. The next thing you can try is some mobility flows throughout the day. So mobility flows is where you select two or more mobility drills and combine them in a sequence. A, B, C, D, however many you wanna put in there depending on where you're specifically tight or restricted and also the time you have available. If you've got three minutes, or if you have one minute, you may pick one exercise. It might be, for example, a squat with overhead reach, and you might just do 10 of those and keep going. If you have more space and you have more time, it might be a walking lunge with a threading of the needle. So we're getting a bit of hip flex, so we're getting a bit of upper back rotation. Um, it could be, what's another one? It could be walk out to push up to downward dog. So you're sprinkling in a little bit of strength there as well, it's not too taxing. And you might decide to do 10 of those or five of those. And you just, again, you just put them through the day. Might be AM, PM, might be, you know, 8, 10, 12, 2, 4, uh, every two hours, but just move, all right? Don't overcomplicate this stuff, guys. And the goal really here is to select the things that have the most profound impact on your posture and on your ability to feel good and move well, all right? I would encourage you to incorporate as many of these things as you can into your daily life, all right? Because stretching alone will not fix your beaten down, broken, and stiff body, all right? You need to make this a lifestyle where you are actively doing this stuff every single day, all right? I cannot stress this enough. There's no point, you know, <laughs> think about this. You sit down for eight hours every single day, all right, you sit down for eight hours every single day 
at your workstation or on the phone and you think to yourself, oh man, my shoulders, my back's a bit stiff. You know, my hips are seizing up. Oh, I should probably do a minute of stretching after my workout. Yeah, yeah. A minute each side on, uh, on my hamstrings. That, that'll fix my back pain. No, it's not. It, it's not gonna do sweet fuck all. All right, let's, let's, let's cut the bullshit. One minute of stretching, two minutes of stretching, even three minutes of stretching, you know, a, a handful of times a week isn't going to undo 40 plus hours worth of sitting. All right, it has to be a lifestyle and you've got to find a way to integrate this within your life so it becomes your new normal. All right, you, you can't just treat it as, all right, I'll do 30 second hamstring stretch each side and that'll that'll fix my hamstrings. Yeah, no, that's not gonna do enough. You know it and I know it. And you can hear I'm, I'm getting a little bit um, worked up because this stuff frustrates me when a, because I don't know if this information is getting out there to the right people. Um, and B, just because everybody wants a shortcut. You know, what's what's the one stretch I can do to fix my broken body? Come on, man. You reckon one stretch is going to fucking fix it? Come on. There's, there is no quick fix to moving better and feeling better about your body, right? <laughs> Five minutes before your training session, during or after your gym session is not going to cut it. All right. In saying that, it is better than doing nothing. So it's not a this or that. It's not a oh, I'll either do it for five minutes or I won't do it at all. Well, do your five minutes. It's better. It is better than doing nothing. But don't expect it to have you know magical side effects because it's not going to. It may. It's going to take you a lot longer because you're putting in a smaller dose. You're applying a smaller dose of that um, stretch and that mobility to the muscle and the joint. See how that works? So that's why I'm saying sprinkle it in. Do it more frequently and you're gonna see quicker and more profound changes in your body and how you move. So that, that's that's kind of my answer to the, to the question is to sprinkle movement throughout the day as often as possible, all right? And below, in a second, I'm just gonna go through some of the, the main areas that everybody should do, all right? the big ticket items to keep moving, all right? The ankles, hips, and upper back, all right? These are the joints that get negatively affected by hours of sitting down, all right? Think about it, you're sitting down, hips are at 90 degrees, knees at 90 degrees, upper back slouched. You know, you've gotta, you've gotta restore that natural function. So some things you can do are ankle pumps. So I'm standing up, I've got my hands on my uh, stand-up desk, and I'm just doing some ankle pumps. I'm just doing some calf raises, alternating, single leg. I'm going onto the toes, left foot, right foot. You can do double leg calf raise. You can do single leg calf raise, all right? Uh, this is for the ankles, by the way, that I'm talking about, if you hadn't already realized. The next thing you can do is to uh, use a slant board. Again, this is something I have underneath my desk, so it takes up little, uh, little to no space, really. Uh, this is a platform that you can stand on with an incline. So most people, just with the certain footwear that they wear, you know, heel elevated shoes and what have you, uh, reduces your ability to have uh, dorsiflexion, your ability to bend the ankle. The slant board is a way that you can start to restore 
um, dorsiflexion, your ability to bend the ankle because it puts you on a decline. It bends your it bends your ankle rather than being toes pointed. Uh, the toes almost feel like they're curled because your toes are higher than your heels. Okay, and you can change the angle where it's kind of starts off with a small incline, larger incline, even larger incline, and so forth. All right. Uh, you can do active calf stretch. So that's where you're on the floor. You bridge your hips up into an A-frame and you just alternate, straighten one leg, bend the other, and you just alternate. And then the same thing, you can do a single leg calf where you put one foot over the Achilles, bend the knee, straighten the knee. Um, for the hips, deep squat positions, they will be your friend. Squat to stand, uh, a squat hold with assistance. So you can either hold onto a rack or an immovable object, something that's gonna hold your weight and keeping your feet completely flat on the floor, squat down as deep as comfortable, all right? You might, if you have enough mobility, do a squat with overhead reach. You drop as low as you can into the squat, put your elbows on the insides of your knees, and then rotate one arm up towards the ceiling, follow it with your eyes, and change sides. That's a really good one. It hits all those areas, ankles, hips, thoracic spine, upper back. Uh, you could do prying goblet squat. This is a favorite that I use with my students before we do some squatting or some lower body work. Prying goblet squat, grab a kettlebell, grab a dumbbell, squat down, push the elbows out into the knees, shift your weight left and right, create some space, take a few breaths, get tight, drive back up. Do that a few times. For the back muscles, okay, for your spine, the sphinx pose and the Sphinx series. So this is where you lay face down, so you're prone, face down, and you prop yourself up onto your elbows, all right? My general guide is elbows underneath the shoulders. If that's uncomfortable, take your elbows further forwards and it will decrease the amount of arch that you have in your back. So that's the Sphinx pose, you just get into a position there and you hold it. Then we have the Sphinx series where we incorporate a bit of cervical movement, so that's the neck, a little bit of uh, head nodding, Head goes up, head goes down, still in the Sphinx pose. And we can also go left to right, looking over the shoulder, trying to locate your feet, okay? Uh, the next one, standing back extension. Stand up tall, place your feet underneath your hips. Place your hands on your hip joints, or on your hip bones, I should say, and bend backwards as far as you can with straight legs. And you can also do uh, thoracic spine extensions over a foam roller. Sit down, place a foam roller underneath your shoulder blades and bend over the back of it. T-spine rotations and sideline windmills are other exercises, but I'm not going to go into the specific details of those. But basically they involve uh, rotating or twisting through the upper back. So hopefully you can see with that bit of a laundry list of exercises, uh, this is almost like a plug and play system. You select the exercises that give you the biggest benefits, right? What you may have noticed with pretty much all of those exercises, drills that I just explained, it's not just about getting into a stretch and holding it, okay? Because I bet your problem isn't about getting into a position and just holding it. Your, your problem is the ability to actually get into different positions and feel comfortable in them. So what I mean by that is if getting into a deep squat position makes you feel uncomfortable, you're like, whoa, that's pretty difficult. Um, I don't think one specific static stretch is gonna help you improve your ability to squat, okay? 
So if you want to get better at squatting, um, squat, okay, and squat often. Don't just do your fucking, you know, lame-ass hamstring stretch or sitting down, feet together, and pushing the knees out to open the groin up. Like, will it help a little bit? Yeah, kind of. But you need to move your fucking body. Don't just get into a stretch where you feel like the muscle is being lengthened. Because when you are moving, okay, the key is this. Your problem is you don't move freely. So to move more freely, move your body more often. So I'm not talking about just bring your arm across the body and pull it towards your chest to stretch the shoulders. I want you to move that fucking shoulder joint 360 degrees. Lift it up, lift it behind you, lift it to the side, internally rotate it, externally rotate it. I want you to think about the joint itself, not just one particular muscle group. You see the difference there? As a result of you having better joint mobility, you and as you get stronger through strength training, lifting weights, you will access a much greater range of motion. Okay? It's about moving better. And the key word here, I'm gonna beat this to death, is moving. The key word here is moving. I've been a coach for 13 years now, and whenever I do a movement evaluation on somebody, except for a plank on day one, right? Every other exercise involves movement, moving parts, squatting, lunging, pressing, pulling. The joints are moving repeatedly through space. It's not just get to a position and hold. And then we just sit there and we wait for five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds to go by. You know, there's very few exercises that, you know, are holding. Most of the time you are moving. So wouldn't it be a wise idea to actually move more often? Hmm. So I wanna kind of, I'm not saying stretching is bad necessarily, but I'm saying there's probably more benefit in you working on moving, joint mobility, move often and move well in many different directions, okay? So the key takeaway here from this episode, guys, is don't be sedentary. There's always stuff you can do, even if you are seated. You can do some ankle work. Point your toes down, pull your toes up. You can do 360 degree circles, right? Because the the main key here, guys, as human beings, right? As a human being, as a fully functioning human being, we have three planes of motion, sagittal, frontal, and transverse planes. The sagittal plane is forwards, backwards. This is where most of us live. Okay, if you think about what you do on a daily basis, most of the stuff you do is in front of you. Uh, you're, push, you're going forwards or backwards, right? The next we have the frontal plane, and that cuts the body um, in two directions going left and right. Okay, so that's the frontal plane. And then we have the transverse plane. This involves twisting and rotating. So think about your day-to-day life. How much time do you spend just you know reaching for something in front of you or above you, right? That's the sagittal plane. We spend most of our lives there. Then think about how much time you actually spend going left and going right. That's your frontal plane. You probably spend a lot less time there. And then the last one, the transverse plane. How much time do you spend actually twisting and rotating your body? Again, probably even less. So 
don't be one dimensional. Don't be two dimensional, be three dimensional. Move your body as often as you can in as many different directions as you can. And the reason that I say that is because of this. You are most susceptible to injury in the planes of motion or the ranges of motion that you don't visit. I'm gonna repeat that. You are most susceptible to injury in the planes of motion or the ranges of movement you don't visit. So if you never move left to right, if you never do any twisting action, and then all of a sudden your body has to do it for some reason, some life or death situation or some reason that you're unfamiliar with, that's gonna cause a strain on your body. That's gonna cause you to do something that you are not familiar with, that your body is not ready for. All right, so you've gotta look at your life and think about what you need in terms of movement versus the positions that you visit, all right? What movement do you need and what are you currently doing? The goal is to bridge that gap and make it as small as possible. So if you're still listening and I have opened your eyes to the fact that, all right, maybe I'm sitting down too much. Maybe I just don't move enough, period. Good. I hope that has brought some awareness to you. And like I said, that last piece that I just went through is super important. The goal is to reduce that discrepancy and bridge the gap between the movement that you need versus the positions you currently visit. So if you're super one dimensional, all you do is forwards, backwards movements. All right, just acknowledge it. It's not to say you're a shit person. It's just to say, okay, these are the positions that I'm giving my body, okay? I'm doing a lot of sagittal plane stuff, forwards, backwards, cool. Am I doing anything that requires me to go left and right? If the answer is no, okay, do I need to? If the answer is yes, cool. That gives you an idea of what you need to start incorporating into your daily life and also your training routine. And the same is true for the twisting and the rotational aspect, that transverse plane. Uh, if you play sports, especially you know uh, football, soccer, tennis, footy, uh, all of these things that require even martial arts to a huge degree as well, uh, it's a chaotic sport, so you don't actually know all the time if you're gonna go forwards, backwards, left to right, jumping, you know, if you're doing uh, MMA or something, you know, you're gonna have to do a lot of this left to right stuff and get yourself in unconventional positions. So train for it, all right? And just to round this off, guys, if this is important to you, do it daily, all right? It's not about a one minute, two minute stretch before or after training. It's about finding ways to integrate this stuff into your life, okay? It becomes a way of life, a part of what you do, a part of who you are. Because if it's if it's not important, you're just gonna you know scrounge up the last few seconds of your workout, and be like, oh yep, did a pretty hard session. I'll do the, I'll do a quick 10 second hamstring stretch on the left, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hook, oh, and there's my right. One, two, three, four, yep, that'll do. And you think, oh, why is my hamstring still tight? Well, you know, connect the fucking dots. It's not a mystery, all right? So guys, motion is lotion. Apply that shit regularly to all the joints that you need it, all right? It might be your ankles, it might be your hips, it might be your upper back, it might be your shoulder joint. Whatever area or joints in question that you're struggling with, 
apply some of that fucking lotion, okay? And motion is lotion, and that means moving it. The more that you apply, the smoother you will move, all right? Lubricate your joints, guys. Lube them up, and they will feel a ton better than they do right now. So that should hopefully answer the question, um, when should you stretch, before or after a workout, or both, all right? Um, the answer is kind of yes, no, it depends, maybe, uh, and all of the above. Move your body. Move it three-dimensionally as often as you can, all right? Remember, guys, motion is lotion. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.